Hey y'all, it's Brittany again with another episode of the Authenticated Podcast. On this week's episode, we will be diving deep into my relationship. Nope, it's not what you're thinking. It is my relationship with fear and how I will be abruptly ending this relationship. If you like this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Hello friends, happy, well it's Saturday, but I know this is released on Sunday, but happy Saturday nonetheless. Um, so I wanted to kind of bring you guys along for the roller coaster ride that has been my life and specifically the last year since my spiritual awakening, I've become extremely aware of some deep-rooted fears within myself that have been manifesting as anxiety. I have talked about this with my listeners before, but for my entire life, I used to always label myself as being someone who has anxiety, generalized anxiety, social anxiety. And when I attached myself to that label, it gave that label meaning. And what I really never gave myself the opportunity to look at was, What is the feeling that I am associating to this anxiety? Because I don't believe in labels and I don't believe that I should have one um, because having a label gives me an excuse to fall back on. I realized that that feeling was fear. And in realizing that that feeling and emotion was fear, I was able to pinpoint many, many times in my life where I was traumatized and it created that fear within me to never want to put myself into those situations again because heaven forbid I get hurt again or heaven forbid that same trigger comes up in my life where I'm going to have to face those circumstances head on and experience those same fears and then have those manifest as anxieties. I've been in a very intimate relationship with my fear for a long time. And this month I've taken some time to look into what that all means and to actually at 33, almost 34 years old, because my birthday is next Thursday, I accept birthday gifts and cake, social distance. You can leave them at my front door. Just kidding. No one knows where I live. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, being almost 34 years old, it was really important for me to realize that, you know what, it's time to take a deep look into these fears and really make them either manageable in my day-to-day or walk through them and get on the other side of that fear. Because I've spent 33 years talking about it and now it's time to take action. So I've been doing a lot of reading, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and I've networked with a lot of the right people to discuss my fears out loud. I personally feel that when I'm able to relate to other people and say out loud what I'm feeling, I'm able to navigate my way through my own internal dialogues and fears. And the first thing I realized is that we are not our thoughts. It's important to separate ourselves from our thoughts. Our thoughts are moments that come and go throughout the day and it's actually our ego talking and we are not our ego. Our ego, I consider my ego to be a little energy that lives inside of my big light that is there to sabotage me, my inner saboteur. That 
energy is there to tell me what I can't do, tell me that I should be afraid, and to stop me from any of my potential growing, learning, or doing. And when I look at the entity as a negative energy that I am meant to keep there as a motivator, but also not acknowledge, I'm able to separate myself from my ego and realize that I am not those thoughts. That is something else talking to me inside my head. Instead, I've learned to actually watch my thoughts, but I don't become my thoughts. And I hold my fear in my awareness. And one thing that I found really helpful in being able to hold my thoughts if I'm having an especially fearful day is there's this little trick where if you light a candle or even have a lighter in your house and you hold it and you stare at it because it puts you in a trance for five minutes, you watch your thoughts go by. You just watch them. You know that you are not your thoughts, but you watch them come and go. You acknowledge that you're there. You say thanks for visiting and you let them pass. And what you realize on the other side of that is that, hmm, that wasn't so scary. I got through that and nothing that it just told me was actually relevant. So that was one big learning that I had. And also the fact that by contracting away from pain and fear, we are also avoiding aliveness. And the last thing that I want to do is avoid aliveness, which is why I'm taking you guys on this journey with me through my fear from beginning to end to see what this process is like for me as I awaken, grow, and learn about how to become more alive and how to actually face the fear versus avoiding the fear. We often perpetuate a sense that there's something about us that's not workable when we avoid our fear. And that is not actuality. The other day I was listening to a meditation and there was this incredible reference that I was able to really internalize and relate back to myself, which was that bees have beehives. And in order to live a healthy, full and productive working life, these bees have to go into their hives and they have to come out of their hives. They have to collect honey. They have to go through their cycle of the day. And that involves going in and out of their hive. In this meditation, they reference the bees as our thoughts. So our thoughts are doing the same thing. They are going in and out throughout the day, in and out throughout the day. In this hypothetical situation, let's say a tree branch falls and blocks the front door of that beehive, closes the bees inside. The bees are stuck. The bees are stuck in there for days. Now they're stuck in there for weeks. They are stuck and unable to get out of their hive. So they are not able to operate on their day to day on a healthy level because they are stuck inside. If we allow our thoughts to be stuck inside of ourselves and to define how we feel, and we give that meaning by keeping those thoughts inside of us, think about how that will affect us moving forward. Bees being stuck in a hive, eventually they are going to get extremely frustrated. They are going to get irate. They are going to get angry. They are going to feel isolated as we can all relate to being stuck in isolation for almost one year now. It is not a choice to be stuck in isolation. We would prefer to be going out and doing the things that we used to do. But right now we can't. 
Imagine not being able to let your thoughts out. Imagine holding on to those thoughts that aren't actually realities and allowing them to define your day to day and allowing them to stifle you from what your capabilities are because we are giving them purpose. We are giving them purpose by not facing them because avoidance of them is seemingly easier than looking at the facts behind what those thoughts mean and actually facing them. Now, I want you guys to take a moment to actually think of your own fears or your own vulnerabilities. We all have them. Is it easier to sit in the awareness of that fear or is it easier to avoid it? And what I have learned in the last four weeks when I was asked that question was, it is easier to face it. Because in avoiding it, I have been avoiding my full potential of aliveness for 33 years. I would rather see what's on the other side of that fear than live a life of frustration and giving meaning to false thought and giving meaning to fears that I need to be looking directly at and going right through so that I'm not giving this fear more meaning than it is deserving of. So for me, the answer is it is easier to sit in my awareness of my fear than it is to avoid it. And another thing that I've recently learned is that people have a tendency to develop neurotic strategies to avoid our disturbances versus sitting in awareness of them. And um, that was a huge learning for me. When we stop trying to control the world around us, we increase our willingness to consciously participate in any form of experiential intensity. I would like to experience life, not watch it go by. Instead of challenging our lifelong aggression towards our fears and vulnerabilities, it is my belief that it is a better approach to learn to practice kindness toward those fears. Learning how to detach from control and outcome or hypothetical situations that our ego or narratives that are inside of us tell us. Detachment from control or outcome is a superpower. Not caring about outcome at the whims of the outer reality is the key to letting go of those thoughts and those fears because 90% of thoughts and fears stem from vulnerability of what people think of us or what we want people to think about us or our desire to be liked. And once we are able to get on the other side of that and detach from the outcome of how people feel and how we are perceived and hypothetical situations that we are attached to, we are able to detach from outer reality and truly operate from within, which is where we thrive. As mentioned, there is something called neurotic avoidance strategy. So these strategies come in three forms, which I recently learned. And those forms are neurotic masculine, neurotic feminine, and neurotic neutral. We often lead with one as a dominant and have components of others. I found that I'm a little bit dominant in one area, but I actually am an accumulation of all three in varying degrees, depending on the situation. And with that being said, these strategies are in place to avoid facing our fears and insecurities. They allow us to avoid our worst fears like a shield or a comfort zone. And I've been using these strategies as band-aids 
for my entire life. And I am ready to rip off every single band-aid I've ever put on. It's not actually our fears that are perpetuating our avoidance strategies, but our efforts to not be aware of these fears are what are. And I've spent my entire life putting effort into avoiding facing my fears. It has felt much more debilitating than facing them and being completely alive and flourishing. I would rather try and fail than not try at all. I don't know if all of you listeners agree, but life begins on the other side of your comfort zone. I've asked myself, if my fear is the problem, then I have to somehow get rid of my fear. But if it's the avoidance of my fear, then the fear can kind of remain. And my work is to train myself to have a relationship with that fear. Well, I'll tell you this much. I've been training myself to have a relationship with my fear for as long as I can remember. And I am an expert. And I'm about to embark on a journey of completely rewiring everything I've trained myself to do as a protective shield from the outer reality. And I've allowed outer reality to define what my life looks like, how I dress, how I act, how much I talk, how little I talk, how extroverted I can be, how introverted I want to be, what job I want to have, if I want to wear makeup or not, where I want to live, what I want to do, where I should spend my money, who I should date, who I shouldn't date, who I should love, who my friends should be, who my friends shouldn't be. That's not the case anymore. I am personally taking back my power by facing my fear. And in order for me to have less neurotic suffering, I require less avoidance of difficult experiences. So I'm about to face many, many difficult experiences with the intention to walk through my fear. I have actually signed up the first time in my life for a coaching and healing course specifically designed to assist with my fears and overcoming them through subconscious reprogramming and healing work. And I'm so excited because a lot of people that I know that are entrepreneurs or that are on a spiritual journey like I am are investing in these sorts of courses for themselves. And for my entire life, I have been my own coach because one of my gifts is giving advice and helping to heal other people. And I realized that my entire life, I've been trying to heal and help myself. And there comes a point in your life where you need to reach out and have somebody else help you because you can't bring yourself the whole way there by yourself. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to have somebody see inside of your soul and to see inside of your brain and to see inside of your heart and maybe tell you something you weren't able to see. And I had to look at myself and ask, what is my worth? Do I really need to buy those three sweaters that I plan to buy this month? Or should I use that money towards this coaching course that I think I can't afford, but if I break down my dollars and cents, I most definitely can. It's just a matter of figuring out where is my money going? Is my money going towards things that are going to wrap me up in a pretty package? Or is my money going towards things that are going to heal me from within? So that that pretty package radiates good energy for other people, for other people to feel, for other people to relate, for other people to grow. That's where I want to put my time, my effort, my money, and my soul is into myself. 
I've had to kind of face, you know, what is it that's driving my habitual patterns? What am I not trying to feel? And the answer normally stems from not wanting to feel core vulnerabilities or to experience our worst fears. And again, it's time for me to take that plunge and to experience my worst fears. And this course that I just mentioned to you guys, I signed up for in April. And I plan to provide updates in April about my journey and include you guys on the highs and lows. And one of my greatest fears is the fear of being seen. And I have a lot of podcast listeners who really want to see me and see my life and see me on camera and see me in pictures and see my energy. And it has for my entire life been a trigger point. It's been a trigger to be seen. It's been a trigger to be watched to be judged, to be scrutinized, to be nitpicked at, to be looked at in an inappropriate way, to be talked about. It's just never been a comfortable thing for me. But now I realize it is my purpose to be a megaphone for other people. And I will get to the other side of this fear and I will be seen and so will you. If it takes you following along on my journey to get the courage to look through your fear, then I've done my job. And I just wanted to leave this episode on a final note. I heard this and I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, that's my life. Like this is the absolute perfect reference. And this statement was made by someone I completely adore who's meant for more gift very much is what I believe mine to be. And he's very great at kind of seeing into people's minds and pulling things out of them. And uh, in this episode, he's making reference to outside energies and inside contentment. This is the reference. He says, don't please the outside, please the inside. I'm driving in a car, great AC, 120 degrees out in Arizona. In order for me to feel comfortable, I have to crank the AC with the windows down because in order for me to be okay, I have to make everything outside of me okay. I'm trying to cool down the whole of Arizona in order to become comfortable. Or I could just roll up the windows, put on good music, and life is good. I hope you guys get that reference. I hope that you got something from this episode. I am equally excited, nervous, and optimistic about my journey ahead. And I am very, very happy to take everybody along for the ride. And I plan to keep my windows closed for this one and go on this journey for myself to free myself. And hopefully this journey will impact other people who need to hear it, who are trying to overcome their fears. As per usual, I appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review.